You know what I like to do, Joe Nickel? Oh, what's that, Michelle? Besides record podcasts with me. Or is that the answer? That was the answer. So, okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> see everybody. Bye, Jam Fam. Yeah, I, I know you too well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really look forward to it. And I know we're, we're halfway through season four and it's just, we say it all the time, it gets better and better. I think we're getting better at what we do. I think we're, we're figuring this out. I think we, I know we have a, a following now because people have DM'd us in our Instagrams and sent us Instagrams in our Instagrams. <laughs> <laughs> like the Teddy Grams. I love the S on the end. Teddy Grams. <laughs> yes, Teddy Grams. Teddy oh, I love it. Big today. But, um, I know. What's your witch's yeah. brew? Um, wait, yeah. real quick, Michelle. This episode, which I remember is funny because there were so many times where like we, you know, we do this every once in a while. We like start to ask a question at the same time. And like I, one of us pauses and the other one carries on. And you ask like the exact same question, you know. The, no, the I could see it on your face. So and then he gave an like, answer that you and I were like, it's what we've been talking about all season. So this guest that you brought on the show, sir, talked yes. about the joy. And it is one of the themes that we've had while teaching this season one of the themes that thrive dance experience had this season and i just love that it was just his authentic answer that had nothing to do with us yeah and, and people that listen to that to the you know listen our avid listeners that listen often will be like oh my gosh we did not tell him to talk about this theme that's been the theme uh kind of of our season to a degree and um what it, it's who he is it's who ian is um uh, on set when I was lucky enough to beat him and it's so funny because we both are from Pittsburgh but didn't know each other dancing here and then there's a, a the movie Love Struck the Musical I think it was called was shot here in Pittsburgh and we both get cast in it and dance in a few scenes together and he brought joy to the room to the dance studio and added that was the way we talk about all the time is adding value to your space your rehearsal right. space your stage or anything right. and he has a great smile and a great laugh and a great energy um, and and on, top of just being, on top of being like super successful and um, <laughs> talented, but that is something you don't forget, even if you're just on set for a day and it was or, or one or two days or whatever, and just a joy to be around. And that's why he's on top of the talent. Uh, he has had a great, great, great run and continues. Um, and I'm excited. He just started a new gig and I'm just excited to see what's next already for him. So, so Joe, thank you for reaching out to today's guest. Our good friend, Ian Campagno. Enjoy y'all. January Joe Nickel Pickle, and we are back to continue with season four. What? Shimmy, shimmy, Michelle. Oh, What's up? Good shimmy. good shimmy. I'm drinking <laughs> out of my Whitney mug that has all phases of Whitney, and I saw the Whitney uh, movie over the break. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, I'm a super fan. So, um, yeah, ode to Whitney today. Yeah, ode to Whitney. It's nice. <laughs> um, should we like dive right in? Should we just go we for should. it? Yes, we dive definitely. In here. I'm super excited, and I know you are. I am excited. Um, so um, our guest today, we're going to talk uh, all about his career, um, but we are we have Ian Campagno is here with us today, and he's back on Broadway once again with Some Like It Hot, which we'll talk about. 
Um, Broadway credits are Mary Poppins, uh, Off-Broadway with Trip of Love, has done so many tours, Something Rotten, one of my favorites, Chicago, Mary Poppins, uh, have worked in TV and film, singing and dancing his butt off, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Love Struck the Musical, yay, Regional, uh, Arveda Center, NSMT, um, uh, what's that, Ungonquin Playhouse, which we all love, lots of friends have gone through there, Maltz Jupiter Theater, Bucks County Playhouse, and more, has their BFA from Shenandoah Conservatory, a great place to train um and let's get to it welcome to jam podcast hi thanks for having me hey ian i'm gonna i'm gonna double check something that um joe just said were you at the algonquin or a gunquin a gunquin oh oh gunquin yeah in maine Maine. Maine. there's another because there's an algonquin theater too and i just wanted there is yeah yeah oh gunquin gunquin. lots of people i know have loved playing at that oh it's beautiful up there i've heard um Thank you for being here. Um, did you? Is it a, a one show day for you today that you had time to do this? Yes, it is. Just just a just a seven p.m. show tonight. Just a yes. sensible seven. <laughs> we love we we love a seven p.m. show. Get home we earlier. Usually, <laughs> we usually start with the beginning, but I want to start about this because. Some like it hot is is shaking up Broadway right now. Uh, I know it's so it's so exciting. Um, Every time we talk to friends or, you know, when we get interviewed, it's just, it, yes, now that we have officially opened and the reviews are out and word of mouth is going around. Yeah, we are, we are shaking up Broadway um, and it's great. And it's so fun to, um, to feel the energy and the excitement for our show because we definitely feel it on stage. Um we're giving you a big Broadway musical, you know, we're giving you big dance numbers, we're giving you old school musical comedy, um, music's incredible, the set's incredible, choreography's incredible. It's just, it's just, it's that like nostalgic old Broadway show that everyone loved seeing and we're bringing it back. Yeah, but what's different about it, Ian? Because not everybody knows this. If, you know, if you're listeners, you've seen the movie, probably a lot of you. Um, and, and we know that, but this is not quite the movie. What's different, Ian? It's not exactly the movie. It follows pretty much the same storyline, but the way that our creative team and our writers approached um, this piece is they wanted to bring the movie into 2022. Oh, yeah. So... Um, I'm not going to give anything away, but what I but what I will say is that the our creatives and our writers were very careful to not use the fact that men are dressing up as women for the comedy. That's that is not what we are doing. Um, we are we are using the circumstances that they find themselves in to be uh, what leads the comedy in the show. So. It, it's it you know, I know there are some people out there who will still have a problem that there's a show on Broadway with men in dresses, but we also put a 2022-2023 lens on it, and we kind of bring the show into uh, current day, and we bring in some themes about finding yourself and finding who you truly are, um, and I'm, I'll leave it at that without giving too much else away 
You did a great job. They should like work for PR companies. <laughs> no, I th- you're like just enough good teaser. Yeah, I, I'm excited. To, I do need to come up and see it. And I've heard that. And Ian, you mentioned um, like when like the the word started to spread when when the show opened. Um, that's so true. I was just listening to a non theater podcast, no non dance podcast. And the one guy, the co-host of the podcast is Attitudes, and the co-host Brian Safi came to opening night, and he like raved about it. I mean, just completely raved about your show, and I put a big smile on my face because I was like, I just listened to it yesterday, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm talking with Ian tomorrow. Like, this is so awesome. So well, congrats Ian, here's, again. Yeah. Here's a funny. My best friends, um, both theater people, uh, they bought each other. That no, they didn't know this. They bought each other tickets to see your show. <laughs> yes. So they're trying to get rid of two tickets. And what did I do? I called Joe Nickel and said, can you fly in for 24 hours to come see the show? And I can't he on cannot. that day. What do you want to do? Hey, Ian, the shows you've been doing, which I think are such a great fit for you, obviously, but um, you know, from Something Rotten, which I love, which is a heavy dance show that people sometimes don't think of it as, right? Would you consider? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, we were work, we were working our butts off in that show. And then Mary Poppins, of course. And then yes. this show. I mean, yes. you're in shows where you are moving. Uh, is that a sweet yes. spot for you? Do you love that? It always has been. Um, do I love that? Yes, I do love that. You know, when you start to get a little older, though, it takes a little more warming up and takes <laughs> takes takes a little more to keep your body in check. But but yes, I do love it. When I first started out, um, I I grew up with five brothers and sisters, so we kind of we kind of had to do what everyone else was doing. So I didn't train from a very young age. I actually didn't start dance training in general until uh, my senior year in high school and then really truly in college but I just had like this kind of natural ability in terms of rhythm and in terms of dance both of my sisters danced um, for about 13 years so I grew up watching them dance I you know we had to go to their dance recitals which were five and a half hours long. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. They weren't that long. Um, but you know, it's like I I grew up I grew up seeing it, and I knew I I knew what looked pretty and what looked good. Mm-hmm. I would catch myself in the mirror, you know, like throwing my arms out or up, and like giving a little bit of porta bra. Um, yeah, but so I just had this natural rhythm and a and dance ability, and I loved to dance. Anytime we were at like a school dance or a graduation party. And there was music. I was always on the dance floor sweating my little butt off. Um, And then even in college, with the very, very, very little bit of training that I had, I was able to test out of beginner ballet. I, 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 you know, just again, from being able to like watch and do kind of thing instead of um, having been taught per se. So that was... I don't know. It's just always been a strong suit of mine. But the older I get now, the younger generation that's coming in are so well-trained and they're so talented that um, it it's a... What I do well is not always what is needed in shows. Um, 
you know, I was talking to someone yesterday and they were like, well, um, this show or that show. And I was like, no, that is not my wheelhouse. It's not, it's not what I do well. And we've gotten to a point where now there are so many well-trained dancers in the city, especially men nowadays. Um, and like, that's their wheelhouse. So I just, I know kind of where I fit and what fits well in my body. Um, obviously I thoroughly enjoy Casey Nicola's choreography. He did Rotten. Um, and now the show, of course. Um, and it, it fits well with what I do. Uh, it's also, um, yeah, it just, it's like old school Broadway choreography and a lot of tap in this one as well. I was going to say, Ian, that makes you, I mean, Mary Poppins had a lot of tap as well. So you're a strong tap dancer. Where? So let's backtrack. Where did you yeah. grow up and where did you learn tap? Okay. So grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, um, the, 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 oh my God. Look at her. In, in, the, in the Berg. Um, yeah. So I grew up in Pittsburgh. You know what? It was funny because in high school, my best friend, Nicole, um, she danced at a studio and we didn't really know each other very well, but like freshman year of high school, she saw me at like the musical dance audition and she was for her solo for her dance studio that year. Uh, she was doing like a Latin Samba E number uh, and she was like wind beneath my wings or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted, and she wanted to finish the number like partnering. So she randomly came up to me and was like, Hey, she was like, I, I know you're a good dancer. And would, would you want to, would you want to do this, this dance with me at my dance recital? And I was kind of like, sure. Which ended up kicking off my relationship with one of my best friends of all time. Um, she's one of the only people I really kind of still keep in touch with from high school. Um, and we started dancing together. We, we did the musicals together. We did marching band together, but I had her come to my garage and teach me like some tap. So like, I, I, I forget where I even like got the tap shoes or if, I don't know. I was able to fit into hers or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. But she, like, she literally came to my garage and taught me time steps. Um, so clearly yeah. she's what got you into your tap shows. I, I get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 100% yes. All the credit. Yes, I all the credit. That. It's funny, Ian. I started teaching out of my garage. garage. You did? Yeah, like Amazing. at 15. So, yeah, it's one of those things. I love tap and, and, um. I just know that I was really excited to see some like it hot on the Macy's day parade and, and seeing yeah. what was happening. And I love seeing all the variations of sizes of performers, colors of performers, and was really, I was like, well, maybe I should get back into it. Cause they were wearing flat taps, but I was like, Oh yeah, ah. they, 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 do, they do bust out their heel taps, but in that specific bit in that specific number. Yeah. They're in flats. <laughs> I got all this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Joe, I know you have a you've done your homework. You always do. Well, no, I mean it's so fun because you know, lucky enough to know Ian, and we're from the same city. Though we didn't know each other when we were in Pittsburgh. Um, you were you've been living how long? You've been living in New York. Fifteen years. Holy. Yeah. Um, so again, again, because I sorry not to cut you off, but again, because I didn't really like 
train in Pittsburgh. I, I never really did the theater scene, the dance scene in Pittsburgh. So I missed out on like that whole, Same. that whole time. Just boomerang back and still don't do it. Yeah, no, it, that's interesting. Yeah, but I love that story. And that's so good for, you know, um, the people that listen to the show because so many people, and we do all the time, though no, we're older now, is questioning is like, what is what I'm doing the right path? Am I on the right track? And it's like every, and we love having people like you on that are currently doing it, currently on stage in New York and tell stories of like, I got started later than most people. I had a, like, you know, the concept theme, Ian, is if you want to do this and you have a hunger and passion and you have the drive to do it, like, you'll find, you should find your way. I mean, would you? That is you not think? the constant theme, Jonah. Oh, what is the, the constant, theme. besides Whitney Houston, what else is the constant theme? The constant, on yes, it's always a theme. The constant <laughs> theme is that, and okay. what I've learned over the past four seasons, is that men's bodies mature differently and you can start later because er- almost every male guest we've had has either started in high school or college. And has had a beautiful professional career. And I think that's just when their bodies are able to be able to handle what needs to be thrown at them. I mean, and, and the other constant theme is show choir and marching band. A lot of the male guests have done show choir or marching band. Those have been the themes. Yeah, It's a safe space in high school for some of us. And it's the only dance. It's the only movement you're going to get. If you do them, there's not a dance team and you know, when we were growing up for a male to be in the dance team, it was, it was nerve wracking probably, or it didn't fit in, but a little bit of a band show choir musical. It was like, this is the only place I can move my booty all. So that's where I'm right. going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so real. That's so real. And I, I'm, I'm so happy for all of the, uh, the young men and the male identifying uh, youngsters who are growing up, who have those spaces to, express themselves because it just it it wasn't the same when we were growing up and i am glad that they can be on cheer squads and dance teams and feel comfortable doing so i like and yeah viral on social media oh too. yeah i see them all the time and i'm living my best life watching them i'm like get it do it i love it yeah I do. me too yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's so good. Okay, so um, what was, out of the shows you've done, tours, off-Broadway, on-Broadway, was there one that was, for any reason, um, just the most challenging project you took on as yourself? Yeah, I'll, I'll say two of them. Mary Poppins is probably the hardest show I've ever done. Um, because it was, it's funny because when you're sitting there watching the show, it doesn't seem like it's a lot. But what the audience doesn't see is like you do this five, five and a half minute huge production number and then you literally run off stage and you're changing makeup and costume with probably just about enough time to get back on to do the next big production number. And that's kind of just how the entire show moves along. Um, So it's like it's just constant. Um, But it was brilliant. You know, it brought me like big national tour. It brought me my Broadway debut. I loved doing Mary Poppins. Such such a magical show. And to, um, I think the reason I like fall in love with shows too is because what it brings to the audience and what it gives the audience and then um, feeling their response and their energy back from it is just always one of like the most magical parts of what we do. 
so Mary Poppins was probably the hardest. And then Trip of Love Off-Broadway was a very close second because that was just, I mean, a little over just about two hours of just, again, nonstop, go, 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 choreography, high energy, super fun, super fun, but really hard. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone, like, what I love about live theater is, um, and the people that are in live theater need to experience those quick changes to where you're like, I don't know if I'm making it back on. Like, that, that, that little adrenaline of, like, I don't know if I'm getting this all on and back on stage and finding my marking. Like, that's, there's nothing beats that adrenaline. I don't know. I always loved it. Oh, I, I, I live for the challenge of a quick change, especially as a swing, especially as a swing who doesn't do it all the time. And you're just like, got to get it together and make it work and get your butt back on stage. It's yeah, I live for it. And there's also another teaser and <laughs> another teaser for some like a hot one of the, one of the big numbers we do towards the end of the show. I took a video off stage, right? I'm going to take a video off stage left and I'm going to take a video up center. Um, and I just want to have it so I can show people what is happening backstage during this number. Essentially it's a big chase scene at the end of, towards the end of the show um, with multiple moving set pieces that are all controlled yes. by the dancers. And Ooh. it's, Oh, it's about, uh, I think it's about five minutes long and it is freaking brilliant it's brilliant and as a swing i've been able to sit out and watch it so i know what it looks like from the front you know all the most of the cast in the ensemble has not seen it in its entirety it is so fun to watch and it is um yeah it's it's like it's one of those theater magic moments that you're just watching and you're like oh yes this is great well, and it's it the appreciation like... sorry michelle go ahead, go ahead. it it's sounds like it's choreographed chaos backstage though. what Oh, 100% choreographed chaos. And you better know exactly what you're doing. Right. You're but like, that's oh, why, here we go. Yeah, and that's why I want to film it from all the sides, just so I can be like, just so, just so you know. Like, just for, like, friends and family and stuff and be like, hey, I know what you're seeing out front. Now here's what's happening backstage. Right. right. Well, I want them to see that because there's an extra – People can see what you're doing on stage. And like you said, with maybe how people viewed Mary Poppins, when things are done so well, like very good lighting, you shouldn't notice, not that you shouldn't notice the lighting, but when lighting and sound is done really well, you're not noticing it because it's working exactly how you just want it to work. And sometimes that's, you know, everyone to make it look so effortless, as we all know, um, is the is the beauty of it. But then, uh, yeah, you want people to be able to see the backstage, what's going on, the I hate to call it craziness, the organized, what'd you call Michelle? The organized chaos. Or the choreographed chaos. chaos. And that's the beauty of it because you're like, what's happening on stage is just a snippet of what the, what else is happening? Uh, yeah. You know, costumers running, people running. Oh, I forgot this thing. My prop broke. I need to get fixed for the next number. There's just a whole game, other thing that happens. And I think that's so fun. And uh, people might even say, oh, I know that happens, but until you live it or just be a fly on the wall back there, that's such an educational opportunity for people yeah and that's a, and that's another thing about our show too visually it's just so freaking pretty uh sets costumes lighting design and like you said some uh, something that people won't even think about the sound design for the show is so well done um and it 
it's not something that you like consciously, not a lot. I, I don't think a lot of people consciously look and they're like, oh my God, like you said, the lights or, but subconsciously their eyes are just feasting on all of it for two and a half hours. And it, it really is visually just as pleasing as it is, you know, with the music and the choreography and the directing. And, and I'm just going to shout out to our crew as well, who are, they bust their butts and our, our costume crew and our musicians and um, everyone at that theater is working so hard to make the show go off without a hitch every night. And it's, it's brilliant to watch. And it is such a family all around. Um, You know, even, even front of house, the ushers, our house manager, even our uh, stage door security, like it's, it's a huge family and they welcome the, the Schubert theater welcomed us in as a family and it's just been brilliant since we got there i love that yeah Mm -hmm. um okay do you prefer swinging or having your own track that's a really great question um i i i um i like both i will say that um I feel like I have now found my niche in swinging because it's all over my resume. I feel like that's kind of where as soon as I walk into an audition room, I get, I, I hate to use the word pigeonholed, but like, you know, they, they look at your resume and they see swing and they, they automatically are like, Oh, Hey, start, start looking at him in that direction. And I am absolutely okay with that. Um, I like doing it, which is first and foremost, not something you'll find with all performers. Some people, I feel like here, I'll start by saying this. Everyone should do it one time. Everyone should have to swing at least one time. I'm going to disagree with you. I have never wanted to do it. No, no, I'm, oh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying if you want to or don't want to, I'm just saying everyone should have to. Oh, it's, it's, it's a whole math chess, uh, Tetris game that has to happen. And it's a different mindset. And I, and I, the people that do that, they should be paid like eight times more than what I get paid, but not really. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'll let, we'll make sure the, the Broadway yeah. League hears yeah. that. Yeah, we'll, we'll tag them in this episode. Dear, yeah. dear Broadway League. <laughs> yeah, but no, but I, I, uh, I'm, I, A, like swinging. B, I think I'm good at it. I've had enough people tell me that I'm good at it. And I, I hold myself to a very high standard in terms of what I want to do on that stage and how cleanly and how as close to perfect I want to be able to do it. Um, so I think that helps. I, I, it's been a minute since I've had my own track in a show. All of my recent shows have been swinging pretty much. Um, I don't know that I prefer one over the other, but I, I will say I I will say the order you get too though it's kind of nice to not have to do eight shows a week unless you have to do eight shows a week because someone's on vacation or something, right. and then you get to do it and it's fine. But then some nights you don't do the show, and that that also gets tricky too though, especially with friends and family who want to come see the show and they're like, when are you going to be in? And you have to tell them I don't know, or someone will someone will message you or send a text or tag you on Instagram. I'm at the show tonight. I'm like I'm not on. I'll come out and say hi. Like well, I'll come out too. and say hi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll come out and say hi. Um, and 
yeah, sometimes that, that part of it gets to be just a little frustrating because people don't always understand that, like, you don't have any control over when you're on or not. And sometimes you know it advance and sometimes you go on mid-show and it's just, that's the gig. So Ian, I'd love to just talk about, and we haven't talked about this and we've had a few people on that are, are, are swings like you often. What do you do to keep physically fit if you're not doing the show every day? Because you have to be show ready, even if you're not on. Yeah, I'm at the gym six days a week, whether I'm, whether I'm on or not. I'm still at the gym like six or seven days a week because even if I'm not doing like a super intense, sorry, if you're hearing this siren, welcome well, to we like everybody. I was like, welcome to New York where there's just constant sirens. Um, but I'm at the gym all the time. And like I said, it's not always like the most intense workout, but if I can be rolling out or stretching or, you know, if, um, if there's an injury and I have PT exercises to do, um, that's the time to get it done. And it's also good, I tell especially younger uh, people all the time, it's good to cross-train your body. Like, you know, it, it, it's super important, actually, especially um, as dancers who, like, you know, your world is your body not only do you need to be limber and well-trained and whatnot, but you have to be strong. Like, you know, those muscles need to be strong. You have to, you have to make sure your body's prepared to go into battle. Literally. <laughs> and, literally. and to push those set pieces around. That you're well, pushing. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not, we don't train for that. We train our bodies a little differently. I think that's smart. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I think a lot of people forget that even a swing sounds great for some people. Um, as you get older, I can understand the attraction to it, but you also still have to be dance ready, which yep. means you're not, not doing going to class during the week or going to the gym. You don't just get to sit back because then you got to go on. And uh, if your costume doesn't fit, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're in I, trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of, you know, listen, there's beautiful, you know, there's a whole conversation, which now is probably not the time about, there are costumes. Every time I got a job because I did just fit the costume probably than the other person because this costume was a very expensive costume. Um, and, you know, I think there are, as Michelle said, there's more and more casting for all shapes and sizes and colors, which is better. It's getting better. It has still a while to go. Sure. Um, but I do agree with once your costumes are fit for your run, you better, you better keep that shape. <laughs> you know, you better, because that's a, that's an expense thing and that's a time thing. Sure. And no one's yeah. got time for that. So it's, um, yeah. that's your side of the bargain and commitment of costumes. Well, and, and not only, and I mean, for swings specifically, not only do you have to be physically ready, but like mentally you have, you have to have your ducks in a row so that at any given point, like I said, even mid show, you've got to jump in and you, it, it's your job to know what you're doing. Ian, how many tracks do you cover on this show? Nine. <laughs> that's it. Just nine. Yeah, I do. Um, it's it's eight ensemble, and then I cover one of the principals. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, so, okay, so you mentioned mental health, which I think is awesome, because we do love chatting about that on the show, and it's um, become more of a, quote-unquote, lack of a term, buzzword, you know, in the last seven years. What, when you're, during your shows, or even in between when you're booked, uh, which is not often because you're booked a lot, what do you do kind of just for joy or just to kind of reground or recharge or, you know, to balance out, you know, the other parts of your days or weeks, maybe Is there are some things you kind of lean on. Like, 
Well, I, yeah, I, I 100% lean on the gym because that's like me time, you know, even like I said, if it's not, even if it's not like an intense workout, I can just put my headphones in and just kind of like be with myself and kind of like, uh, you know, push the world away for a second. Um, I play video games, (laughs) which, which is, yeah, I mean, I love it too. Um, I, I love going out and dancing and hanging out with friends. Um, if there's time and finances to travel, I love the beach. The beach is like my happy place. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Those things. (laughs) I like the video game answer. I literally just said to my husband, Mark, because my extent of video gaming is like Mario Kart. But I appreciate it. And I oh, love let's it. play. <laughs> and he's super competitive and very good. He, he, I was like, hey, we haven't, since we moved to our new house, I was like, we haven't brought like Mario Kart out. He's like, oh, I was just thinking about that. We should totally set it up. And he, then he walks out of the room, walks back in the room and goes, you've never beat me, huh? I was like, all right. <laughs> you were like, oh, you were like, okay. Oh, that is, that's that a wrap. So, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, but we need to connect and play Mario Kart, and hopefully yes. you're really good and you can beat him. Anyway, um, that's I'm my own pretty, personal. I'm pretty good. Pretty, good. pretty solid. Who do you pick? What character do you pick? Um, is there like a go-to? Like I don't know. Yeah, it usually it's like the Chrome Mario, oh, like the little okay. one. Yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> I, don't, I know I, what you're talking about. Yeah. Either that or it's Princess Peach. Yeah, like bit, bit like bit, na- like bit like baby peach. Baby, she gets nasty sometimes on there in a good way. Yeah, red shell, bam. <laughs> it's funny; those aren't my go-to games. I'm a like a Tetris, or oh. a, I like those kind of puzzle games, and I do them on the train, like because when I'm commuting into school to teach or whatever. Still, like you'll play in a like an electronic Tetris. I play on my phone. I mean, that's what I know what you mean. I guess there is no other version than electronic I'm not Tetris. Not playing my Game Boy like anymore. <laughs> Right, I'm like I'm on my phone, not my Game Boy. (laughs) She whips out a Game Boy. Oh, that would be that would be. But I still have mine. Shut up! I still have my Game Boy. Get rid of it. You do. Oh, you should keep it 100. percent Totally, it's true. And I have my first generation iPod. These kids don't even know what an iPod is. I kept my first generation one. I bet you the three of us. I know Michelle for sure. We teach often together. Someone like one of us will be like, you'll say like, get your iPod or download that on your. Someone will say that. I don't know if it's you. But I'll hear it, and I don't process it, and you just get, like, all the kids' heads in the room just cock their head. Uh-huh. That's like, what? Crazy. I still have the iPod because one day my computer didn't work at school, and I couldn't – I didn't have something for my phone. Pulled out my – it's not the first-generation iPod, but pulled it out, and the kids were like, is that your phone? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm old. Is that my yeah. phone? <laughs> They're like, what's the new phone? We need that right. new phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, honey, it's an MP3 player. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what a sidekick is. Remember that phone? That sidekick. Oh. They don't oh, know what a yeah. BlackBerry is. I oh, love not the black. Oh no. I knew I people that like couldn't give up the BlackBerry. They're like, but the buttons. You're like, all right, give it a break. But if that ball ever broke, which it did, oh, yeah. rude. It was rude. I my ball didn't break. I don't know what you were doing to your phone, but I loved it. I I was the master of texting and driving. Uh, kids don't text and drive. I had to press it three times to get that one letter, but I knew all oh, those were the days. Anyway, going on kids' career. <laughs> going back. Okay, speaking of difference in generations, here's my segue. Um, Ian, you talked about there's this new, very crazily trained generation coming up now on the yeah. Broadway stages. Um, love them or hate them. Go, I'm kidding. No, but there's, um, uh, like there's this... Uh, 
And I love how you kind of talked about it. And I don't know if you have any expansion on it. Like there is this, like, I don't know if I were in your shoes. I mean, you're so talented, so never mind. Um, I was going to say, I would feel somewhat like, it's good that you have the mental space. Like these shows are for me and these shows are hiring me because this is what I bring to the table. And I'm not putting a whole stamp on a generation, but each generation just becomes more and more trained and more versatile than the next at some, to some degree. Um, I don't, do you ever feel, did you initially ever feel like intimidated? I don't know. Like I would have felt like, no, you know what? For my jobs. Well, and I, and that just becomes like, uh, how long you've been in the business kind of thing. You know, when you're super hungry and you're like right out of school or you just got to New York, you want to, you want to audition for everything. You want to be in everything. Everyone's your competition. And the older you get, it's like, not that we don't put like a lot of, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this. It just, it's, it's not always just about that, you know, like let life is you, you to have talk going back to mental health, to have um, a successful theater career or any kind of career. I think you have to have other interests and other things have to um, drive you and other, I don't know. You just have to have to be a well-rounded human being. You can't just be all in on one thing. You can be, but it's just going to drive you crazy. And, and I think that's what it, I think that's what happens with auditions. If you're just all in all the time, 1000%, go, 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 go. You're going to drive yourself nuts because unfortunately, and I'm sure your, your listeners have heard this, you will get a thousand no's and those no's do not ever get easier. They never get easier. And I'm talking from someone who's been auditioning for 15 years. Those no's hurt every time. Sometimes they hurt less. You know, they're, it, it's the ones that you really want and the ones that you get really close to um, that really kind of like hit hard. One thing I've told myself is I, I will allow myself to be upset and sad and or mad for 24 hours. And after that, I'm done. Like I, I, I can't carry it with you. I give myself 24 hours to like either cry or just be mad or whatever, be in a funk. And I'm like, you need to be done with those feelings. Like you have to let it go and move on. Um, or else you just sit in this like negative heavy space. And that is not good for anybody, but it's true for a lot of things. Oh, 100%. But that new, that, but the new generation of dancers. No, I don't ever feel like, oh, they're coming for my job. I mean, literally, yes, technically they are coming for my jobs, but I can't do what they do. So whenever I'm in, whenever I'm in auditions, and you can tell pretty quickly once they start teaching the audition if this is like going to be in your wheelhouse or if like you're going to do well. Um, and then if it's not, and you look around the room and you see people killing it. I don't know. Maybe it's just the point I'm at in my career where I just am like, I'm like that person. I like, I sit on the, I sit on the side and I'm like, I'm like slow clapping for them. I'm like like, that one. I'm like, did you see them? I was like, get it. Get You're like number 27. Seriously. Like keep their resume because yeah, I I don't know. Like you you cheer for, you start to cheer for other people. Like you cheer for yourself too. And and you want to do well, but like, I don't know. It's just not helpful to sit there and be mean and 
and try and like tear people down because you want the job. Because then you're not going to be a nice person to work with anyway. And then you're just mm-hmm. not going to get work. No, we, we've heard about this. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah, I'd yeah. like to know, um, what would your advice be then to, uh, I teach at a conservatory. So they're yes. 18, 19, 20s, you know, yes. really hungry for it. What would your advice be for those kids? Getting out of school and they're two years and they're, they're, they're hitting the pavement in New York City. What's your advice? Yeah. And... I hope no one twists my words. You have to be hungry for it. Like you've got to want to do it. If you don't, don't do it. Like I, I, I tell young adults that all the time. You, there are so there are so many ways to be involved in theater and not actually like go full fledged into it if you don't want to. Because if you don't want to, it is far too hard. It really, it really is uh, mentally, physically. Um, because for those, for the new groups coming in every year, you have to pound that pavement. Your your job is to get as many choreographers, directors, casting directors to see you as possible so that they start to know who you are. Once they're seeing you, your job is to consistently be good in front of them. Even if you're even if you're not getting a callback, even if you're not booking shows, you need to consistently do well in front of casting, choreographers, directors, because they are noticing, you know, and they are starting to remember your name when they come across your headshot. And it's at that point that you'll start to get invited calls. And at that point and and here's something so everyone knows. If you get if you're auditioning uh, through like the course calls through equity, great. You should be. You should go go all the time. But just know that there will be an invited call with people in the industry who didn't go to that ECC because they have agents and managers and whatnot. And that is the start of the audition process. You know, it's like your your callback from the ECC is the actual start of the audition process because that's when all the people in the industry are then there. And from there, those callbacks mean you're getting closer and closer and closer till you're finally down to, I don't know, five people, six people, and you're looking for one spot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but be, but be hung, like you have to be hungry for it um, and you have to want to do it. How important is a manager or agent when starting out? Um, it's, it's, that's uh, such a hard I question. I, yeah. I didn't know about it, but it was a different time and place. It's such a hard question. I, my initial reaction is to want to say it's not very important. And if you're asking me like after pandemic times, it, I'm going to say it's a little more important Okay. because the calls have been smaller. Yep. Um, so the amount of people that they're bringing in for auditions has been pared down a bit. And a lot of the times the way to get yourself in is through an agent or a manager. Again, not completely necessary. It's not, but, you know, it doesn't hurt. I love all this information, Joe. Um, and I know that we're getting ready to wrap up this one. Did you want to do your segment or did you have a new segment today? Um, 
so there's a couple things I think um, we do sometimes before we get to Michelle's awesome rapid fire. A couple <laughs> questions I usually throw out there, but I'm going to go back to an old school one that I used to throw out in seasons one and two. Um, and I've loved this episode and I'll say it in front of you. So Ian, we do like, a, we, I don't know if you know, we, no, we do like an intro to this episode. So Michelle and I will kind of recap it and it'll be the intro to this. And I'll probably say it then, but I wanted to say it in front of you. You've been so insightful and I love this conversation, Michelle, different from the other ones we've had because we've really just, I know there's so much more that we didn't talk about. And there, we always say there needs to be a part two with guests like Ian, but we really kind of stayed on this theater focus and it's been, we've been able to dive deeper and not stay on the surface, which I know new information and advice has came out of this. So thank you for um, A, having the knowledge and B, being willing to share it. It's been fun to chat with you about that. Uh, okay, here's my question. All right, so, um, you know, the one thing we, the three of us definitely have in common is a passion for dance and for theater, um, but this is a dance podcast. We'll stay on that side of it a little bit. Um, how do you use uh, your passion for dance to work towards whatever your larger purpose is or your bigger goal in life? And I know that's a deep question, so I'll talk a little bit while you get the wheels going. So my thought is, is when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next in my career when my professional career ended, my dance career ended, excuse me, performing, um, I was trying to get an idea like what I'm using this passion for dance, like dance is the vehicle, but I needed to think a little bit bigger. Like, what am I trying to do? Is it just bringing joy to people? Is it just trying to, you know, I guided mine towards the next generation and started teaching, getting into education a lot and thinking my purpose was to impact in that way. So what impact are you trying to make or purpose in life? I know this is a crazy deep question for a podcast in the afternoon um, during a holiday. We haven't even had cocktails, Joe. I know. This would be an easier question. We don't know. We'll never know if Ian's having a cocktail or not. Um, But um, do you have a... Yeah. What are your thoughts on like you use dance and theater and what, what's, what are you trying to the impact you're making with it? With, I'm, I'm going to keep it in the realm of uh, our show. So I'm like a hot joy. We, we, uh, as, as a cast and as a family, like um, we keep saying joy. We've, we, we, the cast, when we do this show, we feel joy. When we get to be on stage with each other, we feel joy. When we were in rehearsals and even when we did the workshop, we knew we had something special. You never know how it's going to go until people start to see it and how and see how they react to it. But from the very first invited dress rehearsal, we felt joy back from the audience. And I... I don't feel like I'm I'm near done with my performing career, so I still think I still think I'm in the the headspace that like I'll keep going this way for a little while. But one thing I've said backstage is there's nothing better than being in a show where you're just making the audience laugh and happy. Listen, dramas have their place too. They make you feel, they make you think. But being in a show where people can laugh um, and feel, again, I'm going back to the word joy. It, there's just, there's something about it that just like, that fills you. And our show is bringing, I believe, a much needed escapism. Just from like, you know, what the past two years have been, maybe what someone's bad day was earlier that day. 
but a, a chance for people to sit for two and a half hours and kind of forget the world around them and feel joy. Well, we couldn't ask for a better bow on that. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw out my Miss America Fast Five to you. Let's, oh, let's gosh. Fast five. Yeah. Are, you, are you drinking tea or somebody making tea by you? Oh, no. My husband is heating up. Um, he's heating up lunch. Oh. I don't, I don't care. I was Thank like, is he you. We'll be right, we'll be right over. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, no tea being made. Then I'm, apparently I'm spilling tea all over this podcast. So. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Fast, fast five. five. Let's do it. Here we go. Favorite spot in New York City. Uh-huh. Three, two, one. Oh, right the bar. Did <laughs> you just say the bar? Yeah. Any bar. <laughs> You're my favorite guest on Cheers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go to music. Going to the gym, going for a walk. What's your go to? It's like uh, house disco EDM kind of vibe. Oh, fun. But like a, ma- a mashup of all of those, like house disco EDM. Yeah. It's like, it's it's becoming like a huge thing right now. Like disco's coming back, but then they're like housing it up a little bit. It's so fun. Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Show you want to be cast in. Anything that's going to run for multiple years. <laughs> <laughs> in like a Chicago, 25 years, a fan. Give me, give, me, give me a good government job. Right. <laughs> who is your favorite dancer? Oh. Let's go with Gene Kelly. Okay. Okay, go on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough that's a tough one. Oh, I know. That's why I ask it. Oh, that okay. So rude. Okay, gotcha. Because <laughs> mine, mine can switch day to day. I'll give you tap dancers galore, but sometimes I'm like Misty oh, sure. Copeland is broken. You know, she's breaking ground for people. I love some. She's beautiful. You, you know, there's so many. There's so many reasons. So Ian, many. You've been a joy. Thank you so much <laughs> for making time there on a is. show day for us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much. The show. Ah, thank you. It's so sorry. It's so every time every time people say that, I just smile so big because it really it really is so like it's just so exciting. It feels so good that people are enjoying it as much as we are. Well, check out Ian and the awesome cast of Some Like It Hot. Maybe you'll get lucky and catch him on a day that he's swinging in. He swing, he swung, and he's been on Jam Dan's podcast. Uh, and we love you. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Make sure you uh, follow us. We're on Facebook, uh, Jam Jam Joe and Michelle's Dance Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Jam underscore Dance underscore Podcast. You can find us on the Twitter. We are tweeting. We are on the Bird app as well. Send us an email. Tell us what you want to hear, who you want to hear from, or if you have questions from Joe and myself, uh, Jam Dance Podcast at gmail.com. Joe Nickel, my favorite podcast co-host. Thank you for another great episode. I love seeing your face. Love Jam you, Pam, we hope you're loving what we're doing. Bye.